0: You know, once it started, I made it real clear that that was the main goal is I want to stay in a Twins uniform and,
1: um, you know, I want to win. So I think uh, we're definitely heading in the right direction.
0: Good morning and welcome to episode 234 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus. I am Ben Lindbergh, joined by Sam Miller. How are you, Sam?
1: Mm, The same.
0: (laughs) End of the week already. I feel like this one went fast. I kind of I kind of keep track of my weeks now by what episode we're on of the week, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and I'm surprised that this is the last one already. Um, mm-hmm. Yesterday, you asked me whether I thought uh, reading some iTunes reviews during the podcast was encouraging people to leave more.
1: Oh, I didn't mean that. I I meant specifically just you reading them, just you acknowledging oh,
0: them that we're looking like at if them?
1: people. Would, right. If if people are more likely to uh, to leave a comment if uh if it's going to make your day or if they they find it creepy as i sort of do <laughs> that, that you're aggressively monitoring them like there's something yes. strange like that. people just, i would i would think a lot of people just want to slip in leave the note mm-hmm. do their thing you know i mean uh be part of the wisdom of crowds mm-hmm. as these things go and then slip out and then but but you're like uh, you're there and as soon as they go to the <laughs> to the comment thre- to the comment board you like flip on the light and you're like i see you <laughs> Yeah. Hello, <laughs> and you're very nice about it. You're you're genuine, but you're like if you were you'd be like a concierge, <laughs> who when you go to fill out the guest book, <laughs> like like turns on a light and was sitting there in a in a big puffy chair the entire time, <laughs> like in the dark, like like sitting there in the dark <laughs> and was staring at the guest guest well, book. Well,
0: since I revealed that I'm reading them, uh, I've noticed an uptick in the number of reviews and the creativity of the reviews that have been left. So I, uh-huh. I think there might be a correlation. I don't know. Uh,
1: yeah, I think I think that's the other way it can go. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, clearly a lot of people are um, they they want to they want to engage uh, and they like that you're engaged. I mean, I think probably there are a lot of people who are not like I'm describing and actually prefer to have it, you know, land on somebody's ears. Mm. So that's good. Yeah. I just wondered. I'm not saying one way or the other. I just wondered.
0: Well, <laughs> the most most recent one says that. Uh, the podcast is better than a, a Munenori Kawasaki post game interview. And mm-hmm. speaking of of Kawasaki, he's back. He is back in the majors already. Uh, <laughs> Milky Cabrera went on the DL, and he was he was recalled. Uh, so my topic today is: Would he have been recalled if he was not such a good clubhouse guy? Uh uh-huh.
1: <laughs> Uh, poor Casper Wells, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Like like all along coaches were like just practice real hard get good at baseball (laughs) (laughs) should have just should
0: have been a character um by the way another another review said that uh they wish that we would explain the intro clip at some point during the show which we cannot do uh because we have no idea what the intro clip will be until we finish recording the show um so i'm sorry we can't we can't comply with that request Usually it has something to do with the episode now, as opposed to early in the show's run where it was usually just a, a door opening or something. Um, mm. So you can usually figure it out, but sometimes it's a mystery. Uh, what's your topic today?
1: The Minnesota Twins.
0: Okay, and mine is going to be Dylan Bundy and elbows and, and PRP. Um, All right. But I wanted to pose a question. Uh, to you okay. before we begin the the Angels just swept the Tigers uh, it was kind of a, a trout Cabrera showdown on Thursday night uh, trout went four for five right now in our in our value leaderboard um, trout is just ahead of Cabrera uh, and it, it basically I well I guess last year was a was a bigger difference between them it's a it's almost a non-existent difference right now uh, and you know, it's based on kind of the the secondary skills that Trout has again, but there's not a gap like there was last year, and we're about halfway through the season, and I wonder how you think it will play out this year. Um, I guess the difference this year is that Chris Davis is kind of the he's kind of the the third contender that there that didn't really exist last season. So if he if he has a second half like the first half that he has had. Uh, I think he'll probably win. Maybe just because voters will, will be happy to sidestep the trout Cabrera thing for the guy who ended up hitting 55 homers or whatever he's on pace for.
1: Oh, yeah, because you know how voters love to sidestep
0: things. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't ever write columns to draw attention to their votes or anything. Um, but I, I think that maybe, I don't know, if, if Chris Davis finished the season with, with a 700 slugging percentage, I think, mm-hmm. I think he would probably win. But but between those two guys, do you think that, uh, that it will be... I don't know. Will we have a repeat of last year where we have one side arguing against the other side using the same sort of arguments that were used last year? Or will it be like, well, Cabrera won last year, so now it's Trout's turn to get the, the accolades or something? Or... I mean, you could certainly argue that Cabrera is having a, a better season than he did last year. Um, even if he doesn't end up winning the Triple Crown, he may be the more productive player. And and right now, I don't think you would have sabermetric sort of people lining up in support of Trout because there's basically no difference between them. Um, do you have any.
1: And in fact, yeah, and depending on your site, right? Yeah, right. I didn't look at the run, others, but yeah. I'm sure it's. Well, yeah, the. Plus minus hates Trout's defense this year. Like like real like puts him. I, I, last I checked, like one of the ten worst defenders in the game. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, right. Like I he was that. like
1: a like a minus twelve left fielder. Right. And Simon so wrote about that. Yeah, so he's actually fairly low on that site. And so you know, in a weird way, I think that wanting to avoid the, I think to some degree the the um, set heads. Uh, want to avoid the "why are the three sites different" mm-hmm. argument because uh, it's it's a hard thing to express, yes. uh, especially when you're trying to engage with uh, you know mainstream audience. So uh, I don't know that it. Yeah, like you said, I don't know that it's something that they would uh, that would be so eagerly taken on. But I mean, it seems to me the case this year is that there's not going to be uh, any narrative um, for Trout. I mean, Trout's going to be on a bad team. I mean, he's did mm-hmm. it. it Arguing for Trout would be like, you know, arguing for Joe Maurer or something, which, you know, someone will do, and and someone should do, but it's not like there's going to be a big, like, Joe Maurer for MVP uh, push, and I would think that for the same reason, there's probably not going to be a big Trout for MVP push unless the Angels come back and win the division, in which case I think Trout will probably be the MVP. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, You want to talk about the Twins?
1: Yeah, so uh, the Twins, I... um, sometimes it gets to be like fairly late in the evening and I still don't have a topic and I think what if we not talked about it in a long time and, and I always think the twins <laughs> <laughs> we, ne- we never talk about the twins mm-hmm. and so in the back of my mind the twins is always the go-to topic <laughs> but I don't actually know what to say about the mm-hmm. twins um, we really only usually mention the twins as an aside in a strikeout conversation yes. or to talk about Kevin Correa <laughs> um, we and haven't given an update
0: on Correa for, for quite some time
1: so I uh, don't. Uh, so I just want to bring up three quick things on the twins. Uh, two of them are questions, and, and one is just a little, a little tiny thing. Um, and so the first one is uh, that Byron Buxton is officially the number one prospect in the game, mm-hmm. um, according to Jason Parks. Uh, I saw that John Sickles chimed in with his agreement, mm-hmm. um, and you know, very few people will ever be the number one prospect in the game, even if you. Even if you have uh, updates mid-season, you, it expands the, the field somewhat. Like I remember Dom Brown was the number one prospect in the game for like two months. Um, so he, he would, you know, the, the field grows, but for the most part, very few people get there. It's a huge thing, and, you know, the, the, the rate of those guys turning into stars is exceptionally high. It's, uh, it's very good. It's a very good rate. So, uh Buxton, number one prospect in the game. I just want to know right now... Who would you rather have, Buxton, or, uh, and I'm going to read ten names right now that are all from Kevin Goldstein's Royals Future Shock in 2010. Okay, okay. so th- this is the 2010 is the class that was the greatest prospect class ever, where everybody was doing the uh, you know prospect value rankings and finding out that the Royals mm-hmm. farm system was worth more than like 17 teams combined and all that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read you ten names, okay? okay. Mike Mustakas, John Lamb, Eric Hosmer, Mike Montgomery, Chris Dwyer, Danny Duffy, Christian Colón, Johnny Giovatella, Tim Collins, Robinson Yambadi. Uh, those ten, uh-huh. right now, or Byron Buxton?
0: <laughs> they can first? have all ten, or just him?
1: You no, you get all ten. You get all ten with their current contract state uh, statuses, uh, and they're all they all come on right on over. You get them. Wow.
0: Um... I like that question. Uh, I'm, mm, i I'm kind of, kind of leaning towards the, the bulk of the ten. Oh, yeah. Well, let me think. I mean, how many how many of those ten have a legitimate chance still to be something?
1: Must um, M- does. Ho- Hosmer does. Probably not Lamb and Montgomery. I mean, you know, there's there's some scenarios where they do, but neither one is considered anything. Uh, you know really right mm-hmm. now uh Danny Duffy mm-hmm. I think has some chance to be something yeah. Tim Co- Tim Collins is, is something, something. Mm-hmm. and you know maybe Gia Vitella...
0: yeah I mean he's doing his usual well he's not doing that great but
1: no I mean probably not Gia Vitella. Mm. maybe but I mean Gia Vitella, I would I guess maybe I would put slightly ahead of Lamb and, and Montgomery mm-hmm. but not by much
0: and then Cologne is no um Okay. Well, uh, when you put it that way, I, I guess. I mean, it's really only half, or, half or so of those people are really have a shot to be something, and the ones who do have a shot to be something, their their service time has already started, and in some cases, they've got a couple of years in already. Um, I guess. I mean, Jason. Jason had that quote from a scout who said that buxton's floor is Torrey hunter Mm -hmm. uh so if we if we say that that's true uh and that he's going to be at least tory hunter with a significant chance to be much better than that i guess i guess i would lean towards him i i mean i still feel like cosmer could could be a star yes so if he turns out to be a star and the other people turn out to be I don't know, maybe a, another average player somewhere in there, then maybe that is better than one superstar. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, and there, well, yeah, I guess I'd go with and because you'd, you'd have to find roster spots for all those people, too. Um,
1: well, not not the ones you don't want.
0: Right. I don't know. I guess Buxton. I'm not happy with I it. I would.
1: I would go Buxton and be happy with it. I ch- I did cheat though, and I uh, did not name one name. Uh, the number four prospect on that list was Will Myers. No. If I throw Will Myers in, do you yeah, that take things. the package? Yes. You take the package easily. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think I, I think I take the package at that point with uh, without many qualms. Although I do still think that. Uh, It would be worth doing the math, and it wouldn't completely shock me if, in fact, uh, Buxton is still the better pick. Mm -hmm. I mean, I yeah, I I assume that if – I mean, clearly the Royals don't have all these 11 guys. But I assume if the Twins called the Royals and asked that the Royals would say no. And I assume if the Royals called the Twins, Twins might say no because I think there's a bias towards saying no. But, you know, much more likely to say yes in that scenario. Mm -hmm okay all right number two question jeez louise this is gonna go long <laughs> uh number two question in it, it was not long ago that in my head i considered the joe mauer contract to be a bad contract mm-hmm. um and that the twins had you know locked up this catcher just as he was getting too old and couldn't catch as much and his you know he was going to slow down and i i think that was the consensus. That was the conventional wisdom, yeah, right? There was a, so. a couple year period where there was a sense that it was a bad contract and, and it could get ugly later and it certainly wasn't good. It wasn't a particularly movable contract. And Mauer right now is actually on pace to essentially match his MVP season in, in, in war. Um, and he's um, he's got, after this year, he's got uh, five years and $115 million left on his deal. Um, he's 30 this year. Uh, I want to first ask you, does that seem like a good contract to you? Or Are we past the calling it a bad contract, or is, it, is there still an argument that a, a catcher after 30 is not worth $115 million, even if he's Joe Maurer? Uh, and two, I guess, uh, uh, anticipating your answer, two would be, what would Maurer get if there was an opt-out in his contract and he could opt-out this offseason? Mm.
0: Uh, well, I think he's played his way out of the range where we we were starting to think that it was like a true albatross sort of situation uh i mean the the concern was with his lower body injuries and then last season he basically spent half of his time at dh or first base and it Mm -hmm. seemed like that was going to be the the progression where he would just play more and more at other positions uh, and maybe he would stay healthier if he did that, but he would be less valuable if he did that. Um, but this year he's played almost I mean he's he's played four games at first base. He has he has started I guess 19 games it looks like at DH. So he's played almost 50 games at catcher. Um, and as you said, he's hit really well. I guess uh, I don't know it, it, I, I don't think I don't think they would, sign him to that contract again today probably if they could get out of it right now
1: you don't think they would sign him for five and and one one uh 25 or whatever i said
0: you said 115 right
1: yeah that's right
0: 115 uh so that's that's only 23 million per season i mean compared to (laughs) i'm I'm just thinking of other contracts
1: and it yeah, Ham. Hamm- right, that's got exactly who I was thinking of. <laughs> it's not like anybody was like necessarily holding that up as the contract to match, yeah. but I mean, he got it. Yes, he got it. You you figure, you know, it, that's somewhat close to 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 reality, yeah. probably. And yeah,
0: and there were probably more reasons to be concerned about him than there are about Maurer right now.
1: So Maurer right now uh, has almost. I mean, it's un—it's really uncanny. I didn't realize this, how similar his, his batting line is this year to, to Joey Votto's. Uh-huh. Um, this year, they're almost the same player, um, except that Maurer catches two-thirds of the time, um, and except that Votto has basically five years in a row of doing exactly this or a little bit better, and Votto is also a year younger. So, um, so Votto's deal, which he signed, uh, what, last year mid mid season last year i think
0: yeah i think so
1: uh yeah. so yeah. that that deal is way way larger than than mowers uh, it goes another 11 years from now if you include the team option 10 years from now not counting this year if you don't and it's you know like a like a 180 or 200 something 213 years 263 million although that includes a couple of years so um that have passed. So basically vado has got a much bigger contract. Uh, is that a good comp for Mauer or do you think that that's a misleading comp for Mauer?
0: <clears throat> uh, how old is Vado?
1: 29 and, and Mauer's 30.
0: Yeah, they are pretty close. Um, I guess it's, well, I don't know. You can, you can compare anyone to anyone. I guess, uh, it's, it's good in that I guess they're sort of the same type of hitter at this point. Um, so let me just... I mean, from 2010 to 2012, Maurer hit 315, 399, 437. Um, and even doing that, he, he did kind of get to the point where people were very skeptical about his ability to to earn that contract. I guess it was really 2011 where he was hurt and didn't hit all that well when, when he was back. Um, I mean... I I've kind of changed my thinking since you started asking me about this. I guess if he were to be a free agent now, uh, certainly I think that the Twins would sign him to the same deal because he's probably just worth more to the Twins than any other team since he's kind of the the marquee player there and has a history there. Um, I'm just trying to think whether like I mean if he if he had a if he got injured in the second half or he had a down second half and hit just like he did last year or the year before, how much that would change my thinking. But uh, I guess it's it's fairly reasonable, I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, I can. we could probably, if we made a list of the worst contracts right now, uh, I wonder whether he would even be on the top 10.
1: Oh, gosh, I don't think, I think he would be... I think it's a plus contract. I think that everybody, every team in baseball would be happy to have that contract right now. Hmm. Uh, like, I would think that if he were a free agent right now, he would probably get something like, uh, well, Mark Teixeira got eight and 180. And I think that he is, uh, I think he is, well, he's 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 a little older than Teixeira was. Hmm. Uh, but I, I mean, I think probably better ball player than Teixeira was at the time, mm-hmm. and that was four years ago, so there's a bit of inflation there. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I don't think it would be on any list anywhere of, of worst. I don't think it would be on a 10 worst contracts on the Twins right now because it's a good contract.
0: So how much has your thinking changed on that in the this season, the past three months?
1: Uh, I think it's changed because uh, last year he was worth it. OK, but the year before he was not. And so now this year cancels out the year before. It's it's not only is he worth it, but he's so far beyond worth it. I mean, he's going to be uh, you know, he's got a, he's He's got a shot to be the best player in baseball this mm-hmm. year. So he's he's really within that that range. Um, so, um, you know, it not only does it cancel out the bad 2011 season, but it probably goes you know further like he's going to end up this is his third year under this contract you figure at 23 million a year you want him to be worth probably four and a half wins or so Mm -hmm. uh, a year and uh, I just closed the page but uh, he's going to be you know he'll probably get pretty close to uh, to to reaching that through the first three years Mm -hmm. and so you know probably he'll He'll, I don't know that he'll decline faster than inflation.
0: Yeah, I guess you're right.
1: All right. Uh, the last thing is very quick, uh, and I just want to bring it to your attention. Do you know who Caleb Thielbar is? Nope. So Caleb Thielbar is a uh, left-handed reliever for the Twins, and, and it sometimes feels that there's so many people writing about baseball and talking about baseball that the only thing left uh, that you can have uh, all your own is a reliever <laughs> with six innings. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I'm, I'm claiming Thielbar uh, right now because he's a reliever with about six innings. Uh, he is right now, uh, has the best, uh, he's got uh, 14 and two thirds innings for the twins this year. He's 26 year old. It's his rookie season. He made his debut former 18th rounder, uh, uh, let go as a minor league free agent by the Brewers. Uh, twins picked him up and, uh, Right now, uh, lefties are hitting 050, 095, 050 against him. They are one for 20 with nine strikeouts and one walk. Uh, the one was a single, uh, obviously, as you can tell by the line. He is the best, obviously, a tiny sample, but nonetheless, if you keep the samples small enough, he is the best loogie in baseball so far this year. Uh, and if you look at his minor league splits over the last two years, he has been ridiculous against lefties. Um, and so I just am pointing him out as perhaps this year's Tommy Lane uh, the or maybe Aaron Loop or something like that, the reliever who you look at at the end of the year and you go, holy cow, how did he put those numbers up? And then you never hear about him again because mm-hmm. he's not actually good. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm, I'm working on an article now about kind of the this year's crop of relievers who came out of nowhere to strike out everyone. Um, mm mm-hmm. I love those guys. <laughs>
1: oh, they're the best. It's, relievers are the best part about baseball, other than the young guys and the old guys. Relievers are the, are the next best
0: thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that can be because usually we're so dismissive of relievers, and yet I'm I'm so like I'm totally willing to buy into a reliever's good story over a, a small sample. Like I'm I'm just endlessly entertained by figuring out how someone. I don't know, just struck out a ton of guys over a 10 inning period, or whether he's done that before, or how he does that. Even if I don't expect it to last, or don't think he's all that good, or all that valuable, I am just captivated by the, the stats and the stories, mm-hmm. for some reason. Um, yeah. Okay, so my topic uh, was inspired by Dylan Bundy, who is going to have Tommy John surgery. He's another one of these guys who, uh, we've been kind of hearing about his, his injury for a few months now. Uh, he, you know, he initially had this elbow injury that he was just going to rest and rehab and have the, uh, the platelet rich, uh, PRP therapy, um, platelet rich plasma injection therapy. I had,
1: uh, on one... Can you imagine, by the way, like if, if you just told somebody like, oh, we're going to give you human growth hormone or we're going to give you platelet-rich plasma, and you just ask some like random guy off the street, which one sounds like it should be illegal? Mm-hmm. Like they would have no idea which one is creepier. It's hard to... Platelet-rich <laughs> plasma sounds like the most horrifying thing yes. in the world. It's really
0: hard to, to draw a distinction between those two things, really. Um but uh, so when you were off uh, one day, I think it was, let's see, it was late April, Paul Sporer co-hosted the show. This was right after Chad Billingsley, uh, before we found out that he was going to have surgery. And he was another guy who we knew he had an elbow issue for a while, and he was going to try to rest in rehab, and he was pitching for a while in spring training, and then he had soreness again. And it it was one of these cases where it just there seems to be an air of inevitability about it where when you hear a guy has an elbow issue, we all just kind of automatically assume that he's going to have surgery at some point, And we wonder why he doesn't just do it and just get it out and get it out of the way so that he could come back sooner. Uh, so I had, I had Corey Dawkins on to talk about the uh, Dodgers decision to kind of, you know, the, the, Treatment course that they prescribed for him and whether it was a mistake not to have the surgery sooner And he said that basically it wasn't that that they did the conservative thing. They did the smart thing It didn't work in his case, but that um, While it's easy to come up with examples of times that this didn't work. It's maybe It's easy to forget about the times that it did work and that you should always explore uh, every other option before you before you have the surgery just because you know surgery takes a long time to come back from not everyone comes back from it even though the, the success rate is pretty high now um, And it kind of starts the clock because after a certain number of years uh, You're just as likely to have that entry again and have to have the same surgery And if you do the success rate is pretty low after a second Tommy John surgery, so uh, He said it, it basically was was fine. He had no problem with how they had with how they had uh, handled it and So I'm seeing the same sort of reaction to the Dylan Bundy news. Like uh, Cliff Corcoran wrote a thing at at SI basically about all of the the PRP cases like this that haven't worked. Uh, And he he said, uh, it seems that all that PRP treatments are doing is delaying player surgeries and thus extending the period of time during which they are either diminished or altogether absent. Um, And... So I wanted to so I, I emailed this to Corey and I asked him about it again. like are you, are you still convinced that, that this is a smart thing to do? Uh, because if, you know if, if the Orioles had known that, that this would end in surgery for Bundy and they had had him do it right away as soon as he started experiencing these symptoms, then he could have been back by opening day next year, whereas now it's probably closer to the All-Star break. Um, and he, he sent me a study that was published uh, in the American Journal of Sports Medicine in May, May 10th I think it was, um, that was exactly about this topic. Uh, Because I I emailed him and I said we should do a study or something, or someone should do a study, and he said someone did do a study about this exact thing. The title of the study is Treatment of Partial Ulnar Collateral Ligament Tears in the Elbow with Platelet-Rich Plasma. That is exactly what Bundy had a partial tear. He had the PRP and this study uh, is Co-authored by four doctors one of whom is the the late dr. Yocum and uh, Okay, so I'll just uh, so the background is studies have demonstrated the potential of PRP to heal damaged tissue to date There are no published reports of clinical outcomes of partial ulnar collateral collateral ligament tears of the elbow treated with PRP the hypothesis is that PRP will promote the healing of partial UCL tears. So they took 34 athletes with uh, the same thing that Bundy had, this partial tear of the UCL. Um, they All of them had failed at least two months of non-operative treatment and had attempted to return to play unsuccessfully. Uh, they took various measurements of their range of motion and MRIs and all these things. And then they had the PRP. And the results of the study uh, suggested that this really does work Uh, So the results say at an average follow-up of 70 weeks 30 of the 34 athletes 88% had returned to the same level of play without any complaints The average time to return to play was 12 weeks uh, with a range of 10 to 15 weeks and Then there's a bunch of technical stuff about their range of motion and their scores on various tests tests and Uh, So one player, it says, had persistent UCL insufficiency and underwent ligament reconstruction 31 weeks after the injection, Uh, but 30 of 34, it worked for them. And the conclusion is the results of this study indicate that PRP is an effective option to successfully treat partial UCL tears of the elbow in athletes. Uh, So I thought that was really interesting because I have the, the same reaction that everyone else does when this News comes out about someone's elbow hurting. I'm just all doom and gloom and expect it to lead to surgery and it's easy to come up with examples of players it hasn't worked for. Uh, so Corey pointed out that maybe we just don't know when players are having this done. Uh, maybe it's, it's something that is done without the news coming out so we don't put it in the, the plus column for PRP because we don't know that it ever happened. It just worked and the players didn't have surgery. So uh, I don't think it's fair, even though I've had the same inclination that that everyone else, and, and Mike and Jason talked about it on Fringe Average and, and said the same sort of thing. It seems like it's not fair to to cherry-pick examples of guys it didn't work for and say that, that it doesn't make sense for teams to do. Apparently it works.
1: I... Uh... I give this study four days in my memory before I completely forget <laughs> and think next time, God, why are they going through with this? They're just going to have to do surgery. I, I have this, I mean, I have the narrative very strong in Me my too. head. It's going to be, yeah. you're going to need to, you're going to need to bring this up periodically. Yeah. Right? This, this is like, this is going to be like one of those habits that doesn't <laughs> catch until the seventh try. Yeah.
0: I might, yeah. I might just put a, put a link in a blog post at BP too. Cause I, I want people to see this because I had never seen anything like this before. You, I would have thought that I would have seen a link to this or something when it came out, um, but I never did. And this, the thing, yeah,
1: yeah, the thing about Bundy though is that the, the timing thing isn't really an issue the way that it would be for most pitchers because right. he's uh-huh. in the minors, so they're getting six years out of him one way or the other, uh, and it doesn't really seem to me to be that significant. I mean, obviously, with a pitcher, you never know when they're going to explode, anyway. So, yeah, you you know, well, ideally, you want to get them while they're safe. But um, in in his case, it seems like there's a real incentive to not putting him through surgery and putting him to that extra risk, even if it costs you a little bit of time. And and the way it works out now, if he comes back next All Star break. It sort of uh, very organically pushes back his service time just past the Super Two time, too, right? Mm-hmm. So it sort of works perfectly for them. Yeah, you're right.
0: And and the Orioles are contending this year and they could use some pitching help. So I guess there was every incentive to try to get him back to the point that he could help at some point this season. Um, so yeah, there's that. And, and often in these cases, it's uh, often it's like the surgery will end a player's season, but he could have the surgery later in the season and recover over the off season and still be ready for the next opening day. So there's no real downside to trying to play through it for a while. It won't won't really delay his comeback any. Um, so there are cases like that too. But but yeah, I will I will put a link to this at BP because it seems like something that people should be aware of. And and I'll have to remind myself of it too every time that I hear about these things. Um, I mean I don't know. It's it's possible that. That in some of these cases, people are trying to use it on partial tears that are so extreme that it couldn't possibly work. Like I don't know, maybe they're just kind of trying anything, or but I don't know. I kind of kind of give the the doctors and the training staff the benefit of the doubt. I mean, if there were if there were no evidence that this worked, I could see maybe trying it a few times, just kind of as a crazy experimental, hey, maybe this will work sort of thing. But if there were no record of it succeeding, um, I don't think that would last very long. So it, you kind of figured that there had to be some sign that this would work. So, yeah, good good study, I guess. Good to know. Bye, Ben. <laughs> Bye. Have, have a nice weekend, everyone. Uh, send us questions for... Next week's email show at podcast at baseballperspectus.com.